Here's the deal. You pick the spring break destination. Advance Auto Parts has the oil change bundle to get you there. Get five quarts of Castrol, Mobile One, Valvoline, Pennzoil, or Fram oil bundled with a select oil filter for one low price. And right now, choose a Castrol full synthetic oil change bundle starting at $39.99 and get Grime Boss Wipes free. Right oil, right filter, right price. Every day, only at Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest locations. See store for details. This is how we advance. Raging rivers, hungry bears, drastic avalanches, roaring seas. No matter how prepared you are, a walk in the woods can go from innocent to disastrous in the blink of an eye. When pushed to their breaking point, humans are capable of astonishing things, things they would have never thought possible. This is In the Wild. Many of us are familiar with the biblical story of Jesus Christ fasting in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, being led by the Holy Spirit. We've also heard of people taking spiritual journeys in unfamiliar places to mute out the everyday noise and become better in tune with their faith. Could it be possible, however, for a mere mortal to replicate this journey and survive? Robert Baguki, a man from Alaska, loved the outdoors in all different climates and terrains. His passion for this inspired him to fly out from the blistering cold into the heat of Australia with his girlfriend, Janet North. They embarked on a biking trek as biking was a love of Robert's that he took to an extreme. He would often ride 120 miles a day. Not surprisingly, Robert's idea for where he saw this trek going became more and more grandiose as the ride went on. As they approached the sandy deserts of Australia, the 33-year-old firefighter revealed to Janet that since the age of 16, he dreamt of taking a long ride in this region for some serious soul-searching. His relationship with his sister and his parents was not what he desired it to be. He also held a fear of getting close with people and explained to his girlfriend that taking this time to journey into the unknown was what his soul needed before he died. He envisioned this solving everything. The idea would sound crazy if it was coming from someone else. But Janet knew Robert's character, and that if he was dead set on something, he was going to make it happen. She gave him her support but was not interested in embarking on the journey full of danger and mystery herself and told him to be safe as she departed and let him ride solo. On July 11, 1999, Robert headed out from the Great Sandy Desert heading towards Fitzroy Crossing in Western Australia. He had a map, and the plan was to go from Sandfire Roadhouse to Pegasus Track to Dragon Tree Soak Nature Preserve, and eventually end up in Fitzroy Crossing. With him on his bike, he carried enough water for weeks, snacks and meals ready to eat, commonly known as MREs, changes of clothes, his Bible, and many survival items. What he did not have, however, was any type of GPS tracking device, nor any realistic idea of how long a ride like this would last. Additionally, he didn't take into account dangers like deadly scorpions and snakes 
that inhabited the Australia desert. The experienced biker rode in the sand for two days, but by that point, the terrain was just too strong. He began to walk the bike, but concluded he'd be better off ditching it at that pace. He abandoned the two-wheeler, but beyond this, the load he carried was becoming way too much. So he also discarded nearly everything else, with the exception of a tent, enough food for the next day, and a very small supply of water. He didn't panic and kept faith that this was a necessary journey he intended to learn from. Inspired by Jesus, he knew that at some point he intended to fast anyway and was well-researched on how the Aborigines would dig holes in the area for water if needed. Out in the middle of the desert, he felt a sense of solace. He would loudly cry <laughs> and scream, which let out some of the pain from his life that he hoped to alleviate during his journey. However, as the days started to accumulate, he no longer had any food left and was feeling the effects of dehydration. As he woke up one morning leaving his tent, he saw camels walking toward one area and decided to follow. To his relief and amazement, they led him to a lake. He jumped in with a sense of joy. The water was clean, and he filled his empty bottles that remained with it. As he washed himself off, he breathed a sigh of relief <sighs> and took this as a sign that God would provide for him all that was needed to survive. Dreaming of a news source that doesn't also tell you how to interpret current events? Try 1440. Instead of cleverly crafted messaging and media narratives, 1440 provides an impartial view of what's happening in the world so readers can form their own conclusions. Scouring hundreds of sources each day, 1440 delivers news with breadth plus depth, thoughtfully curated by experts in a single morning briefing straight to your inbox. 1440 believes news is not about proving one side is right, but that it should inspire objective conversation that helps you navigate the world around you. While this may sound lofty, the goal is to empower readers so they can lead better, well-informed, more productive lives. Visit try1440.com to learn more and subscribe. That's try1440.com. And now, back to In the Wild. The days continued to rack up. Robert's situation became more dire. Somehow, though, Robert stayed calm, took lessons along the way, and soldiered on with no plans on looking back. His water quickly ran out, but amazingly, he got to utilize the skills he learned from reading about the Aborigines and knew which terrain to dig holes for water. The water wasn't nearly as clean as that of the lake found days prior, but it would do, as Robert knew from his own training as a firefighter that having no water at all for days on end could be a matter of life and death, and he intended to live. By this point, two long weeks into his journey, a group of off-roading enthusiasts drove into the desert and saw Baguki's bicycle discarded along with his other belongings. 
They knew it couldn't have been there long from the shape it was in, as they correctly assumed there was a possible missing person out there when they contacted police. 911, what's your emergency? What commenced was one of the biggest searches in the history of Australia. The desert was scoured by helicopters. Four-wheel drive SUVs and trucks drove around for artifacts, though they had many issues of flat tires that slowed things down. Australian Aborigines aided in the search, amazingly giving insight into where they perceived Robert to have walked days prior. But after 12 days and no sign of life, police called off the search. Janet and the parents of Robert, Ray and Betty, were determined to keep going, though, as they enlisted the aid of a private American-run search and rescue organization known as First Special Response Group. The group was headed by a short and stocky cigar smoker by the name of Garrison St. Clair. However, he insisted on being referred to by the call sign Gunslinger. The Aussies were already leery of a group of cowboys, as they put it, invading this area they had no familiarity with. Their skepticism proved right, as First Special Response Group had their vehicle stuck and they called on local state emergency services to rescue them now. Garrison and the team kept going, recruiting Janet and giving any information she could on her lost boyfriend. And the group eventually even persuaded Western Australian police to aid in the continued search. All of this was documented on video. Now weeks into the journey, Robert finally broke down. He digged days on end like he was prior, sometimes eight feet deep, but this time, not a drop of water was discovered. With no other options, he began eating flowers off of trees, spiking up his blood sugar and giving him an extreme case of stomach ache and nausea. The search marched on, but Robert's family were beginning to accept that this was now a body retrieval search. The Bible that search party team members had found abandoned became symbolic of this. They believed that this indicated Robert had lost all faith. They believed that no human could last a time period now over a month long in the extreme heat during the day and blistering cold at night. Robert was losing the strength that carried him through this journey and was beginning to realize he had possibly even made a deadly mistake. A glimmer of hope was seen, though, when the search team found a brick layout spelling the word help with an arrow. So they followed. When word leaked out of this, what took place was one of the most bizarre ambushes during a search and rescue mission that one could imagine. In an effort to make contact with Robert Baguki first to get the exclusive interview, Channel 9 News of Australia enlisted its chopper pilot, cameraman, audio engineer, and photographer to search the now narrowed down region where Baguki might be. Sure enough, on August 23rd of 1999, a month and a half from the start of his voyage, the news team managed to find the man before First Special Response Group or any search and rescue volunteers could and swiftly 
got their exclusive. Robert, visibly confused, couldn't understand how the men knew his name and his story. Before the search team could administer first aid, the news crew gave Robert a banana, brought him on their chopper, and left the cameraman with a bottle of water until they came back with the limited space on board. Shamelessly, they gave Robert a Channel 9 news shirt to wear as they brought him to Broome Hospital for the free publicity when other news stations got word he was arriving and snapped photos and video of the mysterious man found alive and well. Miraculously, after an incredible 43 days in the desert with close to nothing, Robert not only survived, but walked around with barely an issue sans the extreme dehydration. If found alive, the public expected the man to be carried out on a stretcher, but not Baguki. Medical staff called his physical condition, quote, remarkable. He did, however, lose a whopping 65 pounds, a third of his total body weight during the journey. When he emerged, his brother said he couldn't even recognize Robert. Once speaking to the media, Robert admitted to feeling very negatively about himself using all the resources he had in the search effort, which he had no idea was launched on his behalf. Though feeling disrespected by the media's ambush, the search team declared this a definitive victory on their end, and so did Robert's family. They donated $20,000 to public officials aiding in the rescue effort, in addition to the men they had hired themselves. Robert insisted that he didn't think he was going to die, though as time went on after the rescue, he felt accomplished from the voyage, and that his new attitude toward life brought a newfound peace to his family. It is understandable to need some time away from the everyday grind, and sometimes a secluded vacation, hike, or bike ride is something we all need. We would not advise tempting fate the way Robert Baguki did, though, and testing one's body to never-before-seen extremes. If you do go out into an area you don't know well, take Robert's own advice after he was discovered, as he said what he would have done differently was bring a GPS tracking device. In addition to the extreme weather, terrain, and lack of nourishment, the man was extremely lucky in avoiding the venomous snakes and scorpions he walked past. Rest assured, other adventurers throughout time have not been so fortunate. So don't get any wild ideas. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting installment of In the Wild. To hear more captivating stories of real-life survival, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay prepared, because you never know when you may find yourself in the, in wild. the wild.